0: Good morning brothers and sisters, I'm Jason Davis, I'm the discipleship pastor here at Charleston Baptist Uh, Thank you for being with us this morning to to worship God together Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, singing these songs that we get to sing together Uh, Let us not take that for granted, what a a joy it is Uh, So we are continuing our series, Words from the Cross I know some of you are like, well what in Easter, aren't we moving on from that? But guess what, every Sunday we meet Every single Sunday we meet, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Why do you think we meet on a Sunday? It's the first day of the week. It's the day that Jesus rose. That's why we meet to worship, is to glorify and honor him. And so this morning, uh, I, uh, Pastor Kevin has honored me with giving me the, the last words from the cross that we're going to be looking at. And as Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And we're going to be in Luke. Uh, chapter 23, verse 46, uh, but we're going we're gonna to look at a few things first. We've been seeing words from the cross, and I, I want us to see the big picture there. One of the things I've enjoyed about sitting out here and listening to these sermons from Pastor Kevin is, is hearing these words from the cross. I'll be honest, I, I've, I've read these words from the cross, but never really just took the time to see each one at a time. And what we see from Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them. And then Luke 23, 43, it says, you will be with me in paradise. And then in John 19, 26 and 27, behold, your son, behold, your mother. Matthew 27, 46, why have you forsaken me? And that's from Psalm 22. And then in John 19, 28, he says, I thirst. And that's from Psalm 69, 21. And then last week we saw John nineteen thirty. it is finished. And what have you noticed as we, one of the things that as I was studying, as I was looking through and, and hearing these messages and, and preparing for this one as well, is what was on the mind of Christ during this horrific situation? Imagine, he's on the cross, he's experienced great anguish and great pain for multiple reasons, not just the physical pain, but the spiritual, emotional pain. The physical pain obviously is there as well. And what is on his mind? Others are on his mind. He thinks about his mother, he thinks about the criminal beside him, he thinks about those that are around him. But not only does he think about others, he thinks about the word of God. The word of God is on his mind. That is pressing upon his heart and his mind. We see that from Psalm, he quotes Psalm 22, he quotes Psalm 69, 30, or 21. And then we'll see today, he also quotes Psalm 31, 5. We see that not only was it the people of God were on his mind, the word of God was on his mind, but the plan of salvation was on his mind. Guess what was not on his mind? His own safety, his own comfort. That was not on the mind of Christ when he was hung on the cross. This beautiful picture of how he has loved others, how he loves the Father, and how he loves the word of God as well. So, this morning, uh, our passage, our focus is going to be on Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. What does he mean? We're going to explore a little bit the context around that. What was he pointing the hearers to? But think about this we are, we're going to be talking about trusting this morning. Is it hard for you to trust? Have you ever had your trust broken? Have you ever had something that, uh, that you've given someone, maybe you've given someone a lot of money and they misused it or they took it from you, never returned it back. Or maybe you have something that was really precious to you and that you loaned it out and, it, and, it, and they broke the trust by breaking the object. Or many of you have had far worse trust, bro, uh, trust being broken. But maybe a family member has broken your trust Maybe a mother, a father, a child has broken your trust. Guess what? It, it, we live in a world where maybe it's hard to trust. It's hard to put the things we hold most dear into someone else's hands. I got a little, a little story about a more lighter note of my father-in-law. He, he tends to trust me, um, which is a good thing, right? Well, uh, back in the day when I had more time without kids, I would go back to Marion, and he would put me on a tractor. And uh, he would get me to bush hog uh, some of the land they have. And he would tell me, hey, just go bush hog this uh, tract of land. Now, I just want to throw this out there. I'm from Marion. I'm from a country, small country town. But I'm not, not all that country. I tell you, I don't know cars well. I don't go hunting. Like, I'm not all that kind of country guy kind of thing. Well, and didn't raise, wasn't raised on a farm. And so he tells me, go get on the bush hog. I so, yes, sir, I'll go get on the bush hog. And I started bush hogging around, and, and I, I think I'm doing a great job. And so I venture out of the pasture that he told me to to bush hog. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to help him out. I'm going to keep bush hogging. These areas, they look high, too. I might as well go ahead and go over here. So I started bush hogging around, and... Well, grass grows up high and it hides things that you can't see from the top of a tractor or from the seat of a tractor. He trusted me with this lot of land. I went outside of that. I broke his trust. I also broke other things um, that he had to break or had to fix. And and again, that's not a big deal. But again, we we have a hard time trusting. Sometimes maybe your employer doesn't trust you. What about, we're talking about how it may be hard for us to trust others, is it sometimes hard for people to trust you? Well, guess what? This morning, we're going to talk about trust. We're going to be talking about trusting how Jesus trusted someone with the most precious thing that any of us have, and that is our spirit. That is our spirit, the ultimate display of trust we're going to see this morning from the cross in Jesus. Luke 23, through 49. It was about the sixth hour And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breast. And all his acquaintances, and the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for preserving your word that we may have it this morning. Father, hearing the words, Jesus, that you spoke from the cross, for those around you to hear or you didn't have to speak anything you didn't have to say anything you didn't have to record anything but you spoke and you had it recorded for us to hear father may we have the ears to hear this morning your word you are so gracious and good to us in jesus name i pray amen so the verse that we're gonna like i said focus in on is as luke 20 uh luke twenty three forty six. father into your hands i commit my spirit and in and, and the verse there it says, Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. These are the, the very last words of Jesus as he spoke. And again, what is on his mind? Not, not his own anguish, not please relieve me of the suffering that I'm enduring, but I commit my spirit into your hands. There is a great trust here in Jesus. When his situation to everybody else looked like, abandon everything, Jesus. Your God has forsaken forsaken you. Everyone has forsaken you. Just abandon everything and, and curse God. Almost like a Job moment, where everyone's telling Job to curse God and die. This is the kind of moment Jesus is in, where he is suffering greatly where his most trusted people in life have broken that trust and, and rejected him and, and stood at a distance. The people he came to love have mocked him, have beat him. But what does he do? He says, God, I trust you. Father, I trust you. The most precious, my spirit, I commit to your hands. I put in your hands. Because whatever we desire to put in someone else's hands, we believe that they're going to do what? They're going to protect it. They're going to take care of it. Otherwise, we wouldn't give it over to them. And see, Jesus here is modeling for us too. Now, are we willing to commit our spirit to him? Are we willing to say, Jesus, God, I trust you with everything. I commit my spirit to you. I'll be honest, before I got up here while we were singing, that was my prayer. That was resonating through my heart and mind is, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Into your hands I commit this sermon. Into your hands I commit this time because it's all about you. You are worthy. So this is the question for us. Are we willing like Jesus to say, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit even though my situation as I look around doesn't say I should. Everything inside of me is pushing me in a different direction. Everything externally is pushing me in a different direction. But God, I trust you. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said these things, the people around him would not have just heard these words, but they would have been called back, the Jews especially. The centurion, not so much. But the Jews would have heard these words and said, I remember them. And maybe there were some Jews that were around the cross that are like me. And you hear a song and like, you, you hear, you're like, I, I remember that song. Where do I remember that song? How do I know that song? And, and I'm wondering if some of them left that day beating their breasts and going back to find, where did that phrase come from? I've heard that before. Well, guess what? It's recorded for us. It's a Psalm of David. This is a Psalm of David in Psalm 31. We're gonna, it's a long psalm, and we're going to read through it all because of the beauty of what, what Jesus from the cross, what he was drawing their attention to, what he is drawing our attention to this morning. Psalm 31, verse 1. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. And again, imagine... As Jesus has spoken these words, the Jew, uh, the, the the faithful Jew, the one who knew the Word of God, the new one who knew the Psalm book, and, and would have sung this in, in the temple or in the synagogue, would have heard this and started going through the psalm. And you, O oh Lord, do I take refuge? Let me never be put to shame. Incline your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me, rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. What were they doing to Jesus while he was on the cross? They were mocking him. They were saying, if you really are God, if you really are the Christ, save yourself. And what he's saying, no, I'll commit my spirit into his hands and he will rescue me. I will not take it upon myself. And then verse three, for you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Verse 5. Into your hand I commit my spirit. And this is, again, a psalm of David. And this is his heart. Why is David a man after God's own heart? David is a wretched man who has sinned against God. He, he's a murderer. He's an adulterer. But yet, this is his prayer. This is what makes him a righteous man, not his actions. Just what makes you a righteous man or a righteous woman is not your actions, it's your faith. It was David's faith to commit his spirit into the hand of God that made him righteous. And it's our faith that commit our spirit to to Jesus and say, it is up to you, Jesus, what you want to do. And then he continues you have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Verse 6, I hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. You hear that? I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul and you have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me. O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. And again, this is a psalm of David and it it shows that he is a wretched man. He, He understands that he has iniquity. He has sinned against God and his bones waste away inside of him. But where does his trust remain? Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. And I think about this psalm running through uh, the mind of Christ on the cross. Be gracious to me. And then verse 11, Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Look at the fulfillment of Scripture here. Where were... His acquaintances, they were at a distance. They didn't want to get too close. They didn't want to be too much associated with Jesus. And then he says, and an object of dread to my acquaintances, those who see me in the street flee from me. Verse 12, I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many terror on every side as they scheme together against me as they plot to take my life. Verse 14. This is Jesus' prayer. This is is David's prayer. Is this your prayer? But I trust in you, O Lord. David's prayer there is not I trust in you because everything's good now. I can trust you. Because everything is going well. I got my palace. I got my food. I got all the things I ever needed. And I'm so I'm fat and happy. I'm ready to roll here. No, that's not what's happening. He said his, 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 there's anguish in him. There's grief. His bones waste away. He paints a very dire situation. But yet what holds him together? What holds him together is, But I trust in you, O oh Lord. I say, you are my God. You are my God, brothers and sisters. Are we willing to say this in a time of distress? I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but you may be in a stressful situation right now, a distressful situation, or maybe you're going to be coming into one. One or the other is going to happen. Either you're in one or you're coming to one, not to be a Debbie Downer, but it happens in life. We live in this world and bad things happen. But what do we do when those things hit? Prepare your heart now, prepare it now. That you can say, but I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. What does that mean? It's out of my control. That my hours, my days, my nights are in your hands, God. They're in your hands. And then he continues on in verse 16. Excuse me, my my time is in your hands. Rescue me from the hand of my enemy and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame. For I call upon you, let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak instantly against the righteous in pride and contempt. O how abundant is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you. In the sight of the children of mankind, in the, in the cover of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. That God is with us. He is for us, not against us. He is for Jesus. Again, even the situation, it didn't appear to it that everyone was around him, mocking him from below, jeering at him, wagging their head at him, but God was for him, not against him. Verse 21, blessed be the Lord, for he has once wondrously shown his steadfast love to me. When I was in a besieged city, I had said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight, but you heard the voice of my plea for mercy when I cried to you for help. Again, this are the words of Jesus from the cross where he's, he's calling us to remember back the psalm and how in our times of distress, when we feel like we are cut off, that the Lord hears his children, that he hears us. Does this not amaze you? It amazes me that the Lord would hear me. I know my heart. I know my mind. I know how insignificant I am in this world. But yet he would hear me, that he would hear you. What an amazing, beautiful thing to marvel at. To go to the Lord and say, I trust you. You will hear in verse 23. Lord, excuse me, love the Lord, all oh, you saints, brothers and sisters, love the Lord. And what does it mean to love the Lord is to obey his commands, to do his will, to proclaim his name to, the, uh, to those around us. The Lord pervert, per, preserves the faithful that we don't have to worry. When it sometimes feels like the world's going to hell in a handbasket, when it sometimes feels like the world is crashing down around you, when, it, when you turn on the news and it's all bad news, and it just, it really brings you down and, and kind of destroys you, and you feel hopeless, brothers and sisters, we have hope that the Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. He's saying, "Be faithful to me, because I, he's a God of justice, that justice will happen. It will happen ultimately in eternity. that God is good, and He is a just and loving God. And then verse 24, this is my encouragement to me I'll be honest, this is a sermon to me and for you, brothers and sisters, is be strong. Let your heart take courage. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. When you're at work and you're being bombarded by mockery because you love Jesus and you want to stand up for what is right, good, and true, take courage, brothers and sisters. When you feel your heart waning, when you, you don't feel like you can go and tell the gospel to someone, either a brother or a sister or a family member, take courage. He is with you. Let your heart take courage. All, who, all you wait for the Lord that let us not go ahead let us not lag behind let us walk with the Lord be strong and let your heart take courage all you who wait for the Lord when we trust when we trust someone we're willing to put something in their hands I think about my wife and I as we have been married for many years now that what happened on that day when we stood before the congregation and before the Lord to get married is that I put my trust in her and she put her trust in me. And guess what? For us, she's broken my trust. For us, I've broken her trust. But because of the gospel, we have forgiven one another. But guess what? One person will never break your trust. He will never break your trust and that's when we put our spirits and commit our hearts to to jesus when you put our spirit in the father when we give it over to him and then as we continue on through these verses and in verse 46 again the last part of that is this and having said this after he said father into your hand i commit my spirit and having said this he breathed his last and what's important to know there is no one took his life He breathed his last as he gave his final words of encouragement, his final words to those that were around him. They heard the words, and he had done his mission, and he breathed his last. That wasn't taken. It was in his timing. It was no sooner or no later. It was the exact timing. I think about the book of John and there's a repetition in the book of John as you read through the book. uh, There are times early on in the book that will say, uh, my my time has not yet come. And there'll be times where the crowd wants to kill him, even throw him off a cliff or do various things. They want to kill him for various things along the path, uh, along John's book. And but what it says over and over time, my time has not yet come and they can't and they don't. It says they, he walks through their midst. There's a crowd, of, there's a mob, an angry mob that wants to kill him, but yet they can't. He just walks right out in the mob until it's time. And at this point, at this time, it was his last. John, uh, John 10, 14 through 18 says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And this is what Jesus did on the cross, that he laid down his life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. You hear that? No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And so when he breathed his last, it wasn't because of the beatings. It wasn't because of him being on the cross. It was because it was time. It was time for him to breathe his last. I have authority to lay it down. And this is huge. And I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. He had authority to lay it down, but he also had authority to take it up again. We see that, that this was his timing. It wasn't done outside of his timing. And then we see in, in verse uh, 23, 47, this is now the centurion, as he has breathed his last, now when the centurion saw what had ha- what taken place, he praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. The centurion saw what had taken place, and what does he exclaim? What does he do when he praises God? And this is amazing, that he has seen what has happened. He has seen Jesus breathe his last. And what does he do? He says, certainly this man was innocent. But let us remember, who all claims the innocence of Christ? It's not just the disciples. It's not just... Christians. It was Pilate, Pontius Pilate. He declared the innocence of Christ. Herod declared the innocence of Christ. They bounce Jesus back and forth because none of, neither one of them can find Jesus guilty. One of the criminals besides Jesus that wanted to see Jesus in paradise admits his own guilt and said, yet this man is innocent. This man is righteous. And then lastly, we see the centurion at the cross declares Jesus innocent. That we know he was not guilty. Not just because of the, the, these, our own beliefs. Not just because we are followers. But we see non-believers declared the innocence of Jesus not deserving death. But why did he have that death again? He had authority. It was his authority in which he was to lay it down and to take it up again. So the the centurion saw saw what had taken place. Then in 48, we see the crowd saw what had taken place. And all the crowds that uh, had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breast. See, they, they went to the cross for entertainment. They went to the cross for the spectacle that was happening. They went to the cross to feed the lust of their flesh and saying, I want to see something exciting today. And then they walk away mourning because it's not exactly what they expected. Many of us are like that. That we go into a situation desiring entertainment, desiring the lust of the flesh, and then we walk away mourning and weeping. See, the crowd saw what had taken place and the guilt it remained on them they saw an innocent man hung on a cross they saw an innocent man share the love for his his mother the disciples around share the uh the word of god as well and for the completion of the plan of god and then we see the followers verse 49 and all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from galilee stood at a distance watching these things. The followers saw what had taken place, and they had to step back, step back, and they watched from a distance. As Jesus is on the cross, again, I can only imagine his thoughts, his disciples, his followers, at a distance, not up close. Was Jesus right? Was he safe? Was he good in committing his spirit to the Father? Was this a good thing that he did? Again, all the circumstances around him say no. He lost his friends. He was beaten for something he didn't even do. In all intents and purposes, looking at his situation, you would say, wow, why why are you willing to commit your spirit to God? Why are you willing to trust him when it looks like everything should say you should not trust him? Whoa. He should trust him he was right he was safe he was good in committing his spirit to the father and look at luke 24 and 36 to 49 it says as they were talking about these things jesus himself, himself stood among them so after his death baal and now his resurrection he stood amongst them that he is risen from the dead This is the hope of our salvation, is that Jesus has defeated sin and death. His his, his shedding of his blood defeated our sin. His resurrection from the dead has defeated death. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Why do you? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet? That is I myself. You say, look at me. Peace be with you. Calm down. I'm here with you. And again, they've gone through a roller coaster of emotions as well. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have the, the have flesh and bone as you have as you see that I have. And when he said, when he had said this, he showed them his hand and his feet. And while they were still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broad fish and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He said, I am here with you physically. I am risen from the dead. I am not just an immaterial spirit, but I am here physically with you. And even give me some of that fresh. i I'm going to show you. I am really here. He even ate with them. And then he teaches them. He said, remember, I I taught you a lot of this stuff. You may not remember it, but now let it come to mind because I've worked in you. I've been teaching you all along and now you get it. Now you're starting to put the pieces together because he was telling about the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their mind to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He's saying, Stay here until you receive the the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm sending the promise that I will never leave you or forsake you. I am going back to be with the Father at the right hand of the Father, but I'm sending the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit, to be with you always. And so he can say, I will be with you always, even though he leaves, because the Holy Spirit will be with us, with them. And And he says here in verse 47, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Remember, brothers and sisters, we are not to be silent. We are not to be quiet about our faith. We are to go forth and proclaim the good news. No matter what comes against us, we are to proclaim the good news. We are not to be silent. Jesus tells us here that starting in Jerusalem, and thank God the disciples were not silent. That no matter the persecution that they faced, no matter the hardships that they were going to face, they would not remain silent about the good news. That the repentance of sin came from the blood of of Jesus. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, through the resurrection of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we have to proclaim that to all. No matter what offends others, this is the good news. Let the good news be offensive, not us. Let us not cause the offense, but let the word of God stand on its own. And if people uh, uh, hate us, if people stand against us, if people revile us, then they revile us because of the good news of Christ. They revile us because they first reviled our Savior and crucified him. Remember that, brothers and sisters. Let us stay as strong. So trust. Trust is a hard thing. It's hard to trust others. It's hard to be trusted. It's hard to earn trust back once it's been broken. But brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, do you trust Jesus? Do you really trust him? Do you trust him with everything you have? Do you trust him with the most precious things in your life? Because he's worthy of it. The Father is worthy of it. He will not break our trust. You have seen what has taken place i have seen what has taken place i'm willing to pray this father into your hands i commit my spirit are you because that may mean difficult times to come it's not going to mean everything's going to be easy and simple but it does mean that we have one that will never leave us forsake us that is with us that is for us not against us that we can stand against the world the flesh the devil all those things that oppose god we can stand against those things not in our own strength not in our own power but in the power and the might of christ because he goes before us he indwells us the holy spirit indwells us let us go to the lord in prayer father i thank you for this time Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Lord, I thank you for the songs that we were able to sing together. Father, as we have looked at these words from the cross, Jesus, the, the words that you have spoken, these words weren't for your benefit, but these words were the benefit of those that were around. Father, as the onlookers were, were, were seeing the devastation that was happening to you, the destruction that was happening to you. Father, you encouraged them to trust in the Father. As you said that you commit your spirit to the Father, that you trust the Father, you're asking us to do the same, to trust the Father. Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for that encouragement. Thank you for allowing us to read Psalm 31 this morning. The encouragement to seeing of uh, this broken man like David and how he cries out to you as well. Father, may we cry out to you. May we be bold, not in our pride, not in our self-confidence, but bold in the spirit, knowing that you are good and that you are worthy to be proclaimed to all people. Lord, may we stand firm. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.